Would all those would all those who wish please join me in the serenity prayer? God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Our unity with diversity policy says that as we extend the heart and hand of the OA fellowship to those who still suffer, let us be mindful of OA's unity with diversity policy, which respects our differences yet unites us in the solution to our common problem. Whatever problem you may have with food, you are welcome here at this meeting. And I please have, was it Marsha going to read the preamble? And you're muted. Hi, I'm Marcia H, a compulsive eater food addict, and here is the preamble of Overeaters Anonymous. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Thank you, I pass. Thanks. Uh, and Chris, can you please read the 12 steps? There we go. Hi, Chris, compulsive overeater. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood it. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thanks. Thanks, Chris. And Janet, could you please read the 12 traditions? Be unmuted now. Okay, Janet, recovering food, uh, compulsive overeater, sugar addict, and binge eater. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority. 
a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such <clears throat> ought never be organized, <clears throat> excuse me, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity and a level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities pass. Thanks, Janet. Um, the OA Seventh Tradition, according to our Seventh Tradition, we are self-supporting through our own contributions. Should we happen to receive cont contributions in excess of our expenses, they will be sent directly to the World Service Office. Contributions can be made by, by PayPal to our email address, info at oarise.org, or you can visit our website um, and click on the Contribute Now button, uh, oarise.org is our website. Um, a suggested donation of $3 allows us to cover the cost of the Zoom subscription. It also helps us to maintain the OA Rise website where we upload and store the recordings for you. And just before the meeting, we were talking about the fact that we have over, over $7,900 huh, wish. 7,900 people who are listens to the, the recordings that we have on the website. So check them out if you're interested. Um, your Seventh Tradition contributions are needed to keep the OA Rise speaker meetings going. Aside from the Zoom uh, membership and the website, we have to, there's a, a fee for PayPal um, and that sort of thing. So um, please donate what you can. So this meeting, and I think that's going to be posted in the chat if it hasn't already. Um, this is a two and a half hour speaker meeting. Um, no pressure, Bob, if you don't take well, two and a half hours. Um, at this time, all attendees are muted and the meeting is being recorded so that an audio only recording can be posted on the oarise.org website. Um, should there be Q&As in this meeting and you have questions for the speaker but don't want your voice heard on the recording, please send your question directly to uh, myself or Cassie or Sherry, who are the co-hosts for this meeting. Um, don't send them to Bob. He's going to be busy making sure he's on track with what he wants to share with us. Um, but send anything to any of the co-hosts and we can um, pass the question along if necessary or answer it for you. Uh, 
if you are asking questions during the recording and you um, want to say the question yourself, but you want to change your name to protect the innocent or the guilty, uh, feel free to do that as well. And you know, we're happy to pass along any questions you have on your behalf too. So it there's a few tips. Um, as I said, the chat feature is off. If you have any other questions you need assistance during the meeting, you can also do a personal chat to me or either of the other two co-hosts. And um, um, yeah, we, yeah, okay. Um, you can change your name as it appears on Zoom. And if you don't know how to do that, um, you can um, reach out to one of our co-hosts and we can help you with that out of courtesy to the other attendees and the speakers. If you need to get up and move around or if you need to eat or check your phone or talk to somebody else who's in the room, please turn off your video so that your actions won't be distracting to others. If necessary, we may turn off your video if we think it's become too distracting, but we'll be happy to turn it back on to you once you've settled and, and uh, are moving around. Um, just send a chat to one of us co-hosts and we can turn back your turn back on your video. Please note that specific foods may be mentioned in this meeting. Um, and we'll take a five minute break about halfway through the meeting, at least one five minute break. I think um, Bob's gonna have some um, activities for us to do. And finally, just a reminder that the opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members and are not representative of OA as a whole. So it is now my great pleasure to stop talking and introduce you to our speaker for today, Bob, who will be sharing on today's topic that I don't have in front of me, but it's spirituality and your higher power, I think, related. So uh, take it away, Bob. Thanks. Thank you very much, Jan. Thanks for um, thanks for having me. Thanks for your service and everyone doing service at this meeting. What a wonderful, wonderful meeting this is. Um, and I'm really looking forward to talk about the topic, and I want to hear you guys as well. Um, so the topic today is spirituality and relationship with, with our higher power. Um, so um, I'm excited to talk to you about that, share a little bit about my story, um, open it up for a Q&A if you have any questions. Um, then we're going to obviously have a break in there somewhere. I also have some writing prompts, so we're going to take um, some time to do some writing on some questions that I've prepared, and then would love to hear your sharing afterward uh, after those writing prompts. So that's really what we're going to do today. Um, so let me tell you a little bit about myself. Um, I'm Bob. I'm a compulsive uh, eater. I say compulsive eater because I am a compulsive overeater. I'm also a restrictor. I'm also an exercise bulimic. Uh, it's all part of my story. Um, so I've been uh, in OA since um, November 3rd, 2003, um, and uh, been abstinent since March 11, 2004, so over 18 years now. And by the grace of my higher power, I've given away maintaining 120-pound uh, weight loss. So I'm very grateful for what OA is giving me. Um, and I keep coming back because, you know what, I keep learning more and more. Um, and the gift that OA has given me, I want to be here for others. Um, so, you know, the responsibility pledge, um, you know, pretty much is something that I've taken to heart to to um, to be here for other people. Um, 
to to not only carry the message but to be the message. Um, so I'm I'm grateful that um, that that God, who is my higher power, has put that on my heart uh, and given me that sense of purpose. Because as, as you'll hear in my story, um, I really didn't have that sense of purpose. Um, you know, when I was when I was um, before before I came into OA. So. Um, my story was filled is filled with a lot of um, shame. <laughs> um, I guess the blame and the shame started very, very early on. Um, so I was always a, a heavy kid. Um, my mom said as soon as they took my tonsils out, I, I ballooned up. <laughs> you know, I gained a weight. Like, okay, mom, sure. Um, I was at an OA meeting this morning, um, and um, we read um, from the OA Brown book over his anonymous third edition, and we were reading parts of Roseanne's story, and she was talking about the pinching of the cheeks, and you're so cute if, you know, you just lost weight. And I was like, oh, how did I, you know, I certainly related to that. She also talked about a loving uh, family of perfectionists, and I was like, huh, yeah, never thought about that, you know. Um, how um how i grew up in you know a hard working my parents are very hard working blue collar family um and we were very structured in our life and i was very grateful for that i, I I've, I've learned to to be um you know a very hard working individual because of because of that but there was a lot of perfectionism in there and um i always had that underlying feeling of not being good enough and that carried forward into into my life and certainly as part of my eating. Um, so um, I'm the youngest of seven, um, large Italian family. Food was obviously very important to our family. I also learned that um, from talking with my mother, because I blame my mother for me eating so much, you know, um, and the blame is funny because being the youngest, all the old, all the kids, my, my brothers and sisters, they moved out of the house. Well, my mom cooked for nine of us. And when the kids started leaving, she still cooked for nine. And I obliged by, by eating for the other kids who were no longer there, right? So um, yeah, so there was a little bit of blame there. But I, I talked to my mom seriously, you know, uh, just recently. Uh, she, she, she passed away um, just last year, but we really had a, a couple of really good years. Um, always been close with my mom, um, and we had a couple of good years really talking. The last, you know, just really opening up and sharing. And one of the things I I said was, you know, to her um, was about how we ate and why food was so important. She said, "Well, Bob, we it was it was important to us because we were poor growing up." you know, my parents were poor. Um, so when they got their careers and their money, it was food that made them feel like they were quote unquote rich, like they had something. So it made a lot of sense to me. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, that put it in a new light, you know, um, certainly, you know, I, I was certainly the one to put the food in my mouth anyway, but, you know, I, I joke and say, oh, you know, we said, manja, manja, eat, eat, you know, and um, it was funny, I did get mixed messages when I was growing up, you know, my mom would say, eat, of course, and, and we did, and, you know, there's, 
there's uh my dad was was worked you know my dad was in the navy so he was a clean your plate guy if you put it on your plate you need to eat it eat it all and so i obliged and cleaned my plate and oh there's only one piece left who's going to eat it you know you know bobby don't you want to eat it um so and but the mixed message i got was like you know later when we're away from the table it's like oh you're getting a little heavy bob you you know maybe you should go on a diet and then the next meal the whole thing would go over again clean your plate there's one more piece are you going to eat it in the meantime i was certainly a person with um i was a sneak eater i i loved isolation i loved to eat in isolation I would sneak and eat snack cakes and hide the wrappers under the couch like nobody would ever find them, right? And uh, so um, so those were, those were the things I would do. I would eat at night. I was a night eater. Um, I had an eating buddy, you know, eat ice cream with my dad, and, and that just continued, and I ate on my own <laughs> after my dad wasn't, wasn't you know. So that's, that's how all these, these habits formed. And, and, and I, I found that eating, certainly I went, you know, they were habits for me when I came into OA and saw what other people were doing. I was like, what do you mean? Don't you have to eat this? You know, I always had snacks, you know, well, they were like, well, yeah, you can still have an evening snack, but I eat, you know, I eat oatmeal now, you know, and, and it's a lot, it's, it's filling, but, but before it was like, so these habits were things that I thought had to happen. You know, if you're watching TV, you had to have popcorn, you know, it was, that was like, and I, and I, and I realized that those habits were just really in my mind that I had to be open to change. And it really wasn't until I came into OA to even really think that that was possible. Uh, in fact, I went through many years of, 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 of gaining and losing weight, thinking that that's what you were supposed to do. You were supposed to lose weight when you gained weight and you, you lose it, you, you know, and then, and then you go right back up and you gain it again. And that's what I did. I never plateaued. I never knew what a plateau was. I never knew what my right weight was either. I only knew that I was fat because that's what the doctors would tell me. That's what everybody else would tell me. So, um, there's a lot of shame with that. Um, when I would lose the weight, um, I would, I would lose it, but it really wasn't for me and it wasn't for long-term for sure. It was, it was because I was interested in girls or, I, you know, and, um, so those were the reasons why, again, a very shy person. I'm, I'm still an introvert. I was definitely an introvert then. I'm still an introvert. Um, and I kind of, you know, I can talk to you offline about what I love about being an introvert. Um, so it is really kind of cool. Um, but it wasn't cool when I was shy and I, I couldn't meet people and I had a hard time with that. And I was an isolator and, and that's not healthy. Um, so there's a difference now between isolating and wanting, wanting, you know, alone time, which an introvert was once now, what I, what I want is to like recharge and be alone. Um, but when it's when it's for isolation purposes, it was it's not healthy. So that's the difference that I make between that. Um, 
And by the way, introverts have some pretty awesome one-on-one -on -one conversations, you know, that the extrovert, which my wife is an extrovert, she, she's like, wow, you had this very intimate conversation, you know, with this person. Holy cow. How the heck? I was like, yeah, I was just talking to the person, you know, so I, I re realized that I have a gift as an introvert. So anyway, just a side sidebar on being an introvert. I, I actually love being an introvert. Um, so, um, yeah, my life really was unmanageable, um, and and I did not want to admit that. I didn't want to admit I was powerless over food. Hey, I'm a guy, um, and, and that's tough for a guy to admit. You know, for it's tough for uh, me as a man to admit defeat, um, especially over something like food, which I thought should be something that I should be able to control. Yeah, I'm using that control word, and. Um, yeah. And it was almost embarrassing for me, you know, that I was so heavy and um, and I would um, try to lose weight and was successful and then I would gain the weight back. I do have various pictures. I'll just show you the one of me at my top weight. Um, and I wish I had it digitally. I'm sorry I don't. And those who are on the recording. Yeah, I'm a pretty, I'm a pretty big guy. Um, 300 pounds was my, was my top weight. I stopped weighing myself because scales at that time didn't really go above 300 pounds. So I just said, I'm 300 pounds. So, um, yeah, again, um, my childhood, I was heavy, but not really that heavy, not, not, not 300 pounds heavy, but I was husky. I hated that word, but boy, I was husky and I shopped off the husky rack and, um, and, um, while there was some embarrassment with that, um, I saw a picture of me when I was, um, I don't know, maybe about eight or nine years old. And I really hated that picture because I thought I was, you know, so fat and I was my, 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 my belly was showing a little bit outside my shirt, you know, I was not 300 pounds. I was not fat, like fat, like I, you know, what I believe fat is to be now. And it's a shame. And I say it's a shame because that was all mental. And this disease is so mental. And, and I was so hurt by how I felt then. I, it wasn't really that I was fat. It was that I felt that I was fat and I was not accepted. And that hurt. And that hurt a lot. And that my childhood was, was, it was sometimes devastating. Um, so, but a lot of that was in my own mind. I have no idea what other people thought about me, but I cared so much about that. And um, yeah, I wasted a lot of time in my childhood, worrying about what other people thought about me and my adulthood too, but especially my childhood, because I was just a daydreamer. I was an alone, I was, I would be alone. I would have my friends that we will go out and play sports. But then when I was alone, I was eating to get over, you know, um, my inability to interact with other people and to just dream about girls and relationships and all of that. And that's what I believe was important at the time. And um, so, yeah. And I had all different types of size clothes in my closet as I got older. Um, 
And as I started my career, I started wearing suits and uh, was afraid as I started gaining weight that I would split my pants. Um, and what did I actually do? Yes, I did. I split my pants one time getting into the car and had a big rip down the seam of my seat. And um, yeah, so I've broken chairs. Um, I've done that type of stuff too, all embarrassing. Um, but you know what? That's not who I am. You know, unfortunately, I didn't know that now. Uh, I, I didn't know that then. I know it now. So um, what happened? Well, you know, as I uh, went up and down the scale, um, it's, it's, it's funny. I, it's not really funny, but that's my self-esteem would go up as the, the number on the scale went down. And I would also say, hey, it's, that's good, Bob's. That's good, Bob. Keep losing weight. And then when the number on the scale went up, I was bad, Bob, and the depression would 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 mount. Um, and that's how, you know, my value was based on the number on the scale. Could I actually say the scale was my God? Yeah. Yeah, I could say that. Isn't that scary? You know, how a scale can can be your God. I'm not afraid to say that I had high, other higher powers. I did. You know, I had other other higher powers, and I truly admit admit that um, money was certainly a higher power to me. Food, obviously, um, lust, lusting after you know, wanting you know affection from 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 girls, and just affirmations from others, wanting to get positive feedback, affirmation from other people. That was pretty big, actually, you know, um, and caused me to be a people pleaser. And boy, did I eat over being a people pleaser. Um, I would do anything for everybody. And then I would come home after a long day. And what would I do? I would reward myself for being a people pleaser. I deserved it, right? Um, I use that word deserved a lot. Yeah, I deserve this. Um, and it had a lot to do with the food. So, yeah. Yeah, so um, I went through a lot of, of, of ups and downs with the weight until um, I lost the weight, got married. A uh, wonderful woman. Um, we're married 30 years this, later this year. Um, she is such a supporter to me. I am so blessed uh, to have my wife in my life. And, and the reason why I mention the support is that when I do share that, a lot of, of other um, members have come up to me after and said, um, you know how lucky you are? You know, um, I don't have that support at, in my in my household. Um, in fact, um, I was, I would self-sabotage myself when things were going well, you know, that was part of my disease, but they would share that their spouses or, or significant others were sabotaging them as well. I'm like, holy cow, are you kidding me? They're not supporting you and they're actually trying to lure you. Yeah, great. I felt for them. I felt, I still feel for them. You know, um, so I'm, I know I'm blessed and, and uh, that, but with 
a marriage comes stress, you know, with children came stress with, you know, I love being a parent. I love being a husband, but there is some stress to it. Um, and certainly a high pressure job that I had started um, gave me a tremendous amount of stress. So all of that, I would turn to food to help me and cope. Um, then I tried to lose weight again, which I normally was able to do, right? And for some reason, I wasn't able to. So um, someone else shared this recently, and I'll, I'll uh, and I'll, I'll echo it. Is like I lost the ability to diet. I was an expert dieter, and here I am, no longer able to do it. You know, and I realized that I was in extreme depression, you know, when I look back at it now, and I didn't know what it was going on at the time. And in fact, my wife's when I shared this recently, my wife, my wife said, you were depressed. I was like, Yeah, I was, huh? I, I was depressed. I had to be, you know, I couldn't diet anymore. And, um, and I would, um, I would think about grabbing the, you know, when you're laying in bed at night, grabbing, kitchen shears and cutting off the fat off of my body of course i was too chicken to actually do that knowing i would bleed to death but i wanted the fat off of me that much and i wanted that quick fix and um i wasn't willing to because you know i'm fiscally you know mindful let me put it that way i'm an accountant now uh i didn't want to pay to to lose weight you know, so I wouldn't go through any type of the way and pay type deals. Um, but I did end up going to a nutritionist because as I gained weight, I had this pain down my arm and in my chest. And I was like, holy crap, what's going on? Um I wasn't having a heartache, heart attack. Uh, apparently, the dinner that I ate was filled with sodium and the stress and the hypertension that I was having and, the, you know, borderline high blood pressure that I had going on being a 300 pound person caused the the muscles around my heart to contract. And I was feeling that. And but get this. How do I find out? I go to the doctor the doctor, I tell the doctor my symptoms, he pushes on my heart, I scream, and he says, oh, you're not having a heart attack, you're just fat. I don't know if that's he actually used those words, but that's what I heard, whatever words he said. And he explained what what, what I just told you, that the muscles around my heart were contracted, da, 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 and you need to lose weight. And he sent me to a nutritionist. And this nutritionist, well, I learned how to eat um, better. She had a bowl of M&Ms on her table, on her desk, and she said, everything in moderation is okay. Boy, I wish that was only true to a compulsive eater. Yeah, that wouldn't work for me. And it never has and never will. I'm sorry. It just doesn't work for me personally. So, um, but I did learn how to eat. And um, while I didn't learn how to weigh and measure, I did find that uh, portion sizes um, did help. Um, and and um, fast forward to what I do now, I do weigh and measure my food. And uh, that has been a great help to me. So um, 
how did I hit my bottom? I don't know. I can't really say, but I know I was there. Um, all I know is that I was um, at my buddy's house and we were binging. We were binge eaters together, binge buddies. In fact, we would go to the all-you-can-eat places and we would challenge each other and shame each other because we only had four plates or five plates or whatever plates. How many times have you gone up? That's it? Come on, you're weak. You know, that's the type of shaming we would do. It was all in fun, but that's what we would do. Eat when we're not even hungry anymore. And so that's the kind of guys I was hanging around with. Um, in fact, when I did get abstinent, I had to set some boundaries and I told them I was serious. You, you know, you are, if you are going to try to lure me back into the food, I'm not going to come around here anymore. I'm sorry that I, I, you know, that's how much I mean it. Um, and when I went to my mom's house <laughs> and um, she had all this food, I brought my own food. Boy, if you ever want to piss off an Italian mom, bring your own food to dinner and not tell her. And that's what I did. Boy, um, she wasn't angry, angry. And but she understood that I was serious, that I was serious this time. And she said, Bob, just tell me what you need. I'll cook it for you. And, you know, and she would still say, hey, can you have this piece of cake? Could you, you want, do you want this? Do you want that? Even, even much, many, many years later, even if I'm no, thanks, mom. I'm good. No, thank you. You know, but, but she knew I was serious and she knew I was much better off. Um, but at first, boy, she was not happy. So I binged with these guys and um, on a Sunday and I woke up Monday and I hated myself. You know, not only was I pulling at my fat, I just did, so just just did not want to um, to do anything um, and um, talked to my wife about it. And I got up the courage to make a phone call. And thank you to all those who do service to uh, answer the phone, you know, because when I called and Doris answered, um, she said, please come to the meeting, you know, and uh, I did and uh things changed from then on um i got my foot in the door and um told you i was shy and uh you know it was not an easy first entrance in there for me but um walking in with 20 other women and one other guy and he was a newcomer too was was difficult for me at first and i wanted to get the heck out of there as soon as i could even though what i was hearing made me feel a part of that was the beauty of what the meeting did for me uh that very first meeting i had tears in my eyes i didn't want to admit it but i did i connected with what other people were sharing you know and people were sharing about their kids and i was like damn they are really gut level sharing here and they are sharing stuff i can't believe they're sharing you know they don't even know me and i'm hearing the stuff and I was like, yeah, that's what anonymity is all about. You know, what we what we say here stays here. How beautiful is that? I felt comfortable about sharing. Not then, not yet. But I knew I would in the future when I had the guts to actually open my mouth. In the meantime, I ran out the door and I came back the next week and I ran out the door and came back the following week. And I all I would come to that one meeting because that I had to, the comfort, comfortability with that. 
of course, I had no step work. I had no sponsor. I had nothing. I was just showing up at a meeting and leaving until I had this huge binge. You know, um, sugar is one of my major binge foods, flour also. But sugar and flour were certainly part of the dessert contest that I was asked to be the, the lead of for my one of my kids, um, you know, um, um, scouts, scout things that he had. So there were 300 people in this room and they are all these desserts. And, and I was like, I'm cool. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. And then, you know, little Joey and J Jimmy came up and said, Hey, Mr. Bob, aren't you going to try my dessert that I made for the contest? And I was like, the people pleaser got me. And I ate and I ate not just that, but I, you know, circled the table and ate them all. So, um, but it was the best and the worst thing, the worst and the best thing, however you want to say it, that ever happened to me because I felt that drug of sugar pulsate through my veins like I've never, ever felt before or ever again. Hopefully, God, you know, God willing, never again. And I never want to go back there. It made me feel. Like I, there were 300 people in the room. I knew most of them. I wanted to be around none of them. None of them. That's how powerful that drug was. Um, I wanted to go back home immediately, hole up, isolate, be around no one else. And not just back at my home where I lived now as a, as a married person. I wanted to be back in my childhood home, in my childhood room, in my childhood bed and be like a child in the fetal position. That's how I felt. It's like, holy cow. When I realized what just happened to me, I went back to that meeting and I got some help. And I said, listen, I, I, this is what happened and I need some help. So an angel, one of the members, um, I asked a woman to sponsor me and, and they said no. And I felt devastated and took a couple more weeks. And <laughs> I said, okay. The woman came up to me and said, hey, do you, you need a sponsor? I'm going to take you to a place where there are men. Meet me at this location. And it happened to be she took me to intergroup. So not only did I learn, um, find other men there and get a sponsor there, I also learned what service was all about. And I got you know involved in all of that, which is pretty cool. My sponsor started taking me through the steps um, and um, yeah, like, wow, this is exactly what I needed. Um, and I didn't even know it. My sponsor says, yeah, everybody, I didn't, I didn't believe him at first, but I was like, he says, everybody in the world should work a 12 step program for something. We're all addicted to something. I was like, really? And now I really think about it. Yeah, we are kind of really all addicted to something, something or other, right? Um, but it was that common bond that we all share that brought me to the meeting and brought me to the 12 steps or else would I have ever done the 12 steps? No, I really would not have my, my nephew was, was in, um, a, a drug rehab, uh, when he was very young and I was very young too. And I just, every time I thought of 12 step programs, I thought of him and how it did not work for him. And I thought, no way that was going to work for me. In fact, I thought when I was going to walk into a meeting, you guys were going to give me a bill for a thousand dollars and say, you know, it was kind of this you know, bait and switch thing. So none of that was true. Uh, of course, um, 
that is not uh, there are no dues or fees for members i'm so grateful for that um what i did get was a sponsor who cared about me was willing to work with me he was a house sponsor and i had no idea what that meant um but i didn't care i said whatever you are willing to do and want want me to, to do i'm willing to to do and again that was a little bit of people pleaser coming out and, and i'll show you what i mean by that in a minute but so how means honest open-minded willing um that's really how i started out in 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 a way i can't really say that i'm exactly following that today um but we do and i do uh weigh and measure my food and stay away from from sugar and flour um and added sugar and flour so that has really worked for me um and I'm really grateful for that structure. A lot of people don't need that. I needed that. Um, so um, I was able to form a food plan uh, with the help of my sponsor. Eventually, I lost a, a lot of weight. I lost too much weight, actually. I, got, I went down. Um, I'm around 180 now. I went down to 170 um, and didn't realize. I See, I never knew what the, what a plateau was. Um, and so I just kept losing weight and I just kept telling everybody, all I'm doing is eating the same portion sizes of while I was, I was eating too much. And, and, and I never went to a nutritionist. My nutritionist said, when I finally went there, you've gone too far and you need to gain 10 pounds back abstinently. I'm like, no way, really? How do I do that? And so I worked with her cause that scared me. You know, I need to actually increase my food and gain weight yeah how's that feel remember when i got on that scale before and how scale was my god yeah yeah that's that's how i felt about that so um because scale was my god at one point in time i would get on several times a day you know before oa and um and i was the worth the worth of you know my worth was whatever that number said uh, which was a shame again but that's how i was at the time so I started working the steps and and how has these questions and I really got into that I started really liking the writing um and um I really got to know myself quite a bit um but you know the reason why I said about um people pleasing with my sponsors because I realized that I was working my program for him and I was it was like the teacher pupil father son type deal going on where i was writing these questions and i was reading them to him and i couldn't wait to read them to him like it was a homework assignment which it kind of was but then i realized was like am i doing this for steve my sponsor or am i doing it for me you know who am i working the steps for right now and i really had to step back from that and say no this is for me it's it's not because you know what if i have a different sponsor you know steve's only my first sponsor so so that attachment had to have some boundaries so really why am i working this program i don't want anything short term here and I, I actually because that's what it would have been right i could diet like a champion for six months well i could work the steps for six months and um 
so a couple months in, I realized what I was doing and I, and I, I really thought about that. And, um, and I realized that, no, I really want this program. You know, uh, I admitted my powerlessness over food and that wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be, you know, because was I really, really, really willing to identify my binge foods and stay away from them? Yeah, I was willing to do that. Was I willing to stay away from them always, you know, and, and of course me for the rest of my life. <laughs> and and then my sponsor said, Bob, it's for today, one day at a time. That's all you're focusing in on. You know, who knows what'll happen? You may take back foods, you may you add foods, you may subtract foods. That's going to happen all throughout your life. And and I realize that's true now. You know, so just for today, yeah, I can stay away from my binge foods. And I admit I'm powerless over them. I absolutely am. Was I willing to admit my life was unmanageable? That was a little bit harder because really, you know, how many times have I said that my life would be great if I was just 120 pounds less? Well, now here I am 120 pounds less and did all my problems, poof, go away. No, they didn't. You know, all the stressors, all the resentments that I carried, the judgment that I carried, the lack of acceptance that I had for other people and including myself, playing the victim, all of those things still existed even though I was now a normal body size. So was I willing to work the steps and to move past that and to admit that my life was unmanageable? Yeah, yeah, I finally was. But it's harder than I thought it was going to be, you know, because I said, well, I'm here, aren't I? You know, I'm here. Gosh, of course, I'm powerless. Of course, you know, um, yeah, but did I really realize at the time how insidious this disease was, how mental this disease was? I realized that I had an addiction to food, that sugar and flour were, were would call to me um, when I, and especially when I ate them, I wanted more of that. But did I realize the mental part of this disease? No. I did not realize how powerful the mental part of this disease and how much it, it attacked my mind and, and set me against myself and all of these false beliefs that I had and, you know, uh, and that I had to let go of uh, those preconceived notions and those beliefs of, you know, that I was a mind reader of what other people thought of me, all of those things, they would all contribute to my eating patterns and my eating behaviors so um so yeah yeah so i when i worked through that and 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 really did believe i had to spend some time on step one and 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 finally yeah yeah i said okay i am ready to move to step two and when i got to step two you know here comes god right wow oh, oh. you know i think a lot of people don't like that word and I have, I do believe God, you know, God is my higher power, but you know what? It's not the same God that I came into program with. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful that we have step two to kind of say, wait, what do you really believe in? Who is your higher power? Who is your God? Stop. Really think about this. You know, people said it can be anything to me. So you can, you can have anything as your higher power. I was like, well, okay. I can't really have it be this chair, can I? Because I, you know, I, well, sure it could be. It was like, well, I really need to believe that my higher power is going to keep me abstinent today. So I need it to be something that I can can say, you know, is going to do that. 
you know, I had one sponsee say, Santa Claus is my higher power. I was like, that's cool. You know, I'm, I'm absolutely cool with that. Whatever you want, you know, what, you know, again, as long as it's not a chair, an inanimate object, you really just need to believe that your higher power is going to keep you absent, right? Um, and this is something I really enjoy working with sponsees about because I came in with a religious God and I didn't know what spirituality the word spirituality i didn't even know what it was before i came into program and here i am i'm talking about it today you know how great is that so yeah i had to learn what spirituality was and to 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 go from a religion to spirituality was a process for me to and to really look at god and and redefine who i want god to be for me you know and um my sponsor and other people recommended writing a one ad um and kind of saying god this is who i want this is who i'm looking for in a god and for a higher power this is who i'm looking for and kind of list those things and some of those qualities came out i was like i really want a friend i really want to have and what I say is that I still have a, a vertical relationship with my higher power. There's no doubt. It's my higher power. You know, God is my higher power. And I know he is more powerful than I. And I'm grateful for that. But I also need that, that horizontal relationship. I need to have the ability to talk to God um, as if and as if he is a friend to me. So um, I need that. Um, so I need to be able to go to him all day long and ask for help. And whether, whether I, I have the willingness to do that is different, but that's the type of relationship that I wanted. And I actually said, okay, well, can I start doing that now? Well, that's, I don't have to do it like, you know, boom, it's, it's here. I have this awesome relationship with God. I'm only on step two. All I need to do is believe so that's, you know, and, and, and to, you know, who is my higher power and believe that he's going to keep me abstinent. That's all that I needed, you know, he, that my life can be uh, restored to sanity again. So that was important for me to take some time with step two, to really get that basis, you know, to say, admit that I had all these other gods. I don't want those to be my god anymore i don't want them to be my higher power i want my higher power to be my higher power and it helped me with the food because i was able to put down the food and say you know what that is not my food i tell my tell my sponsees like if you're struggling what helped me was just saying that's not my food that's my kids foods that's that's a pretty nice looking cake whatever somebody spent a lot of time doing that that is awesome it's beautiful but it's not mine i didn't commit that to my sponsor it's not on my food plan black and white i can say it's not my food it was it, it helped me to do that and i realized when i was eating the way that i was i was actually and i put it in this this term is like i'm i'm choosing food over god I'm choosing food over God. How ridiculous does that sound now? But that's exactly what I was doing. I was making food my higher power and I was choosing food. And, 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 and for, for, 
for and I and and when I work with with sponsees and say you know if they are struggling with relapse is like make the choice to have God be your higher power and not food and to choose God today, not food. So that helped me. That helped me to kind of say, okay, I'm establishing that relationship with God, my higher power, and I really do believe he's going to keep me absent just for today. That's all that I need, you know, and there's still work to be done. So step three was to turn my will and my life, wait a minute, and my life, my will and my life over to that higher power. I was like, wow, that's what I mean. That chair ain't going to work for me. It's just not. So what is it? What is that higher power? I've chosen that higher power. Do I really, am I really willing to turn my will, everything that I believe and my life, everything that's going on in my life, you know, my family, all, am I willing to turn my work, all of that, all the stressors, everything. Am I willing to turn that, just making a decision, but I'm a, am I willing to turn all that over? And that's huge. That's a huge decision to make. Um, but once I made it, I was like, okay, I'm all in now, God. It's you and me. And we're going to work this. And we're going to work this program together. We're going to work my life together. And, and I really want to be a new person. And that willingness started to come. And then came step four. And now all the fears. Like, oh boy. Yeah, I've been waiting for this one. Thanks to my sponsor. Thank you, sponsor. It's time for step four. Yeah. And you know what? Was it easy? Absolutely not. Was it rewarding? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And it's hard to get through a step four and take your inventory and face the things that I had done. Um, but you know what? My sponsor, you know, and, and, and I love that there's various different ways to work the steps. I'm just so grateful for that um, because I worked them in different ways and I've loved different pieces of all of them. And um, some of them say, you know, what are, what are your good qualities? You know, don't forget about those. So it was great to kind of look and take that inventory and have a little bit of balance sheet, you know, being that accountant, I like that balance sheet. So there's, there's a positive things and the negative things and kind of look at those things. And yeah, I kind of needed to say to myself a few times, I'm not a bad, I'm not that bad of a person. I'm not that bad of a person because I was really getting down on myself by doing the step four, but it really got, and I understand why, you know, but you, you, I've been shoving food down to fill a hole, which was unfillable by, by anything but food. You know, I was shoving down all of the past, all of those reasons, you know, why I was eating the food with food. I was shoving it down and I was burying it. And now step four was starting to bring up the muck, you know? And one of the visuals I like to say is that, you know, what I, you know, it's like driving a car and, and all of these, things that I've been doing is like slinging mud at the windshield and I couldn't see anything and I blocked myself between me and my higher power and that's what all of this stuff had done and it just caked on that windshield and then finally when I'm working the steps and 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 doing my step four and getting into my step five and continue that windshield wiper starts to wipe away the mud and who's on the other side who's been there all the time for me waiting for me 
It's my higher power. It's God. Just waiting for me, saying, I've been here for you. Just waiting for you to ask for help. <laughs> ask. And I wasn't even willing to do that. You know, and now the steps have allowed me to say, yes, I am worthy. Yes, I need my higher power. I ask for that help. I need to seek my higher power. You know, it, my higher power is there waiting for me, but it's a relationship. I got to work for it. And that's what the steps are doing, you know, and, and I'm just so grateful for that. So, um, so steps four and five was a huge reveal to me as to who I was. Um, but again, it was who I was and who I am now is someone who's trying to change. And, um, while I had to suck it up and, and, and talk to my sponsor and share all that, my sponsor was like, oh yeah, oh yeah, 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 I did that too, sure. And he shared some of his dirt too. And that helped me. I felt human again. I was like, okay, thank you. I'm not alone. You know, I'm not the worst person in the world. And I wasn't, I wasn't, but I, you know, you feel like you do feel like that at times, you know, I got really, really heavy on myself. I am, I'm, I'm a terrible self-critic to myself, you know, but I also am a victim, which came out a lot in those, in, in, in my fourth step is like, I like to play the victim, you know? Um, and that was certainly something that took me to the food. Um, I tell you what, you know, getting into step six and seven, they're my favorite. They're my absolute favorite. Um, and while all the steps are, are wonderful and they're all, you know, done in order for a reason, step six and seven, you know, I, you know, many of you um, I'm sure have read the big book and I, I laugh at step six in the big book because it's like, a paragraph you know and i was like okay this one's gonna be easy yeah right and when i really looked at it you know am i entirely ready you know am i willing to be rid of these defects and i really start looking at those and saying you know what sure i am of course i am and then i said well so wait a minute well who am i gonna be i had to ask that question to me who am i gonna be without these defects Am I really willing to let go of them? Am I really willing to change? Am I really willing to, to be a new person? And that's what it took. It really took me to, to that was a huge trust in my higher power. Um, I was like, oh my gosh. And I sat there and I prayed and I was like, oh my gosh, I, if I don't have, I had to look at what those, defects were doing to me you know um versus what they were doing for me and was i really willing to say look what they're doing to you you know it's not worth it and what they're doing for me you know how much it's hurting me i'm sorry i reversed that but you know what i mean so what they were doing to me was just, it was, they were the things that were driving me to the food. So was I really willing to let go of those judgments, those resentments, those fears? Oh my gosh. So all of those things that I feared, you know, I, I was just, was I willing to let them go? Yeah. They, do they still crop up? Sure. 
but not as much, certainly not as much. When I did that and when I was willing to let God take these things and to say, yeah, I'm willing to do that and make me a new person. You know, there's a story about, you know, a lump of clay. It's called the teacup story becomes this beautiful teacup. But, but man, when you're the lump of clay and you're looking at the teacup with envy, it's like, I want to be that teacup. But you realize you have to go through all the kneading and and all the you know the putting in the and the and the and the oven and and the painting and all these things and the manipulation. Am I really willing to go through all of that? That's the decision of step six, and into step seven. So that's what it took. It really took me to say, yeah, I'm willing to be manipulated, God. Whatever you need from me, I'm I'm all in. So that was a huge life-changing decision that I made. And all of a sudden it was like, you know what? I really believe that I had a clean slate. That was the beauty of it. Like God was going to mold me in his image. He was going to make me a new person. And I had a beautiful opportunity to change right here and now. And I seized that. And um, when I made in steps eight and nine, first I had to, to look at step eight and to say, hey, you know, do I really need to make an amends? You know, I'm always, oh, I got to, I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, you know, my, my sponsor's like, hey, settle down. Let's, let's talk about it. Not all of these you need me to make an amends for, but the ones that you do, yes, absolutely make them, you know. Um, and I like how God works, you know, because I have first one I said, I'll make to my wife and, and I wasn't sure when to do it. I was afraid. And it was like, da, 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 da. And, uh, and he was like, in the back of my ear, it was like, now, 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 now. And it, my, the voice got louder. It was like, okay, God, I hear you. We're doing it. I got it, you know? And uh, so that was my first amend. As soon as I did, it was like, there was just this just, just crashing down of, yeah, wow, wow. Yeah, it was it was a great feeling. That the shoulders, all that tension started to go. And I made my next amends and it, it was like, oh, and when I got through that step nine and another one came later, but I couldn't find the person. So I was like, okay, God, you, you find the person for me. And if we find that person, I'm going, yeah. What happens? Social media, boom. And there's an old, there's the old girlfriend. There she is on social media. Guess who I need to make an amends to? Yeah. I love how God works. I really do. Um, when I made those amends, the freedom that I felt was like, oh my gosh. And no, no coincidence that all of a sudden that inner peace just came naturally. And I have such a peace in me today that I, I know is from God. And I know that that is the relationship I have with and I, I with God that I want to just keep developing steps 10 11 and 12 make that happen you know for me there's no no doubt um but I love the fact that 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 you know that just happened the freedom led me to peace um and the freedom that I from from working steps four through nine you know I had those beliefs with those first three steps works four through nine yeah it was tough work it wasn't easy but man the freedom yeah that was worth it absolutely worth it i mean i changed person yes for the better there's no doubt of course my wife 
she didn't know who the heck I was because I had totally changed. She was like, who are you? You know, she didn't necessarily like it at first because I had, I would worn that mask for so many years of that false cheerfulness that I always looked happy. And now I was like, I wasn't, wasn't like that anymore. I was like, I was showing my feelings and I was willing to, to be vulnerable and share with other people what was going on inside of me. She didn't get that at all first. Not that she was against it. She was like, are you, are you unhappy? Are you okay? And I was very reflective and I had a lot of peace. And so I was like, oh yeah, I'm great. But I had that face. Like it was, you know, she couldn't read it anymore, you know, uh, but I'm just so grateful. I can be Bob. I'm so happy to say I can be Bob 24 seven now. Because before, when I wore that, wore that mask, I was like, I had the work Bob going on. I had the friend Bob going on. I acted differently around different people. And I had to, you know, if I was holding on to certain lies, I had to remember those lies. With, I was like, yeah, I don't have to be that person anymore. Oh, my gosh. I could breathe and say, yeah, this is the person that I want to be now. And then I might have had to explain to people like, yeah, I've changed or whatever, but this is who I am now. This is who I want to be. Can you respect that? You know, and I was able to stand up for myself, set those boundaries. And, 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 and that was great, you know? Um, so, you know, what do I do now with steps 10, 11, and 12? I mean, it, it seems like, okay, it's the maintenance all is good. Right. You know, like, well, I talked about that inner peace, right? Well, if that phone call would, would come, you know, even on an early absence, I would get a phone call. I was like, man, when you get those irate calls sometimes when you're at work, it could just blow up your entire day. And I realized like, oh my gosh, what happened? Well, it was me. I was allowing that person to steal my inner peace. I was like, oh my gosh, well, why did I let that happen? Why did, why did, the, why would I do that? And that's what I was allowing to happen. It was like, my disease was trying to manipulate, however it could be to get at my peace. You don't like it when I have peace, my disease. <laughs> so if I have inner peace, I want to keep it, right? So how do I do that? And that's the, the work, that conscious contact with my higher power all throughout the day. Do I start the day? which I do, do I start the day in prayer? Do I start the day with a set-aside prayer? It's like, God, just take away what I, any preconceived notions that I have of what this day is, who I am, who you are, God, you know, who are the people I'm going to meet, all of that. Just let it all go. Let me live today for today. Let me live with you today. And what maybe your will, if you can instill that in me, I don't know what it is, but you know, I have some ideas what I think the day is going to be. I know that's not exactly how it's all going to happen, but let me be open to the opportunities you present before me and to see them as blessings. Even the, even the things that aren't so nice. Can I find the blessing in the things that happen each and every day? And if I really look hard enough, I can. And if I hold on to my peace, even when those struggles are happening, and instead of blaming God for the things that are happening and saying, God, help me through these difficulties today. Yeah, that whole mindset of mine changes. Because, you know, it's it, it's something, 
you know, I can look at two different situations, two different, you know, one as a, me, I can look at a situation in two different ways. And sometimes I'll be super angry. And other times I'm like, yeah, I'm at peace. So how, how is that? How did that happen? It was all mental and how I approached it. So if I approach it more positively, you know, I, I, you know, and with, with spirituality, with my higher power in mind, yeah, things are totally different. You know, do I go got to God for guidance? Do I turn things over to God? You know, am I willing to do that? Um, am I really willing to look at balance? Am I, uh, I'm, I'm a person that, that, brings on so many things during the day. It's like, oh, I got this five minute window here. Let me do this. You know, and do I stop and say, maybe I can pray. Maybe I can meditate. Maybe I can do something different. Do I really need to add something to that? Can I, can I, instead of living in the extremes, can I live in the balance? Can I live in the middle? And there were so many years before OA, I was living in the extremes. So um, that's, that's something that I really do look at, you know, um, so step 10 will, will, will take me through my, my, the issues that I'm having during the day and do a spot check inventory is like, how could I have done that better? <laughs> do I owe an amends? You know, and they're the things that I need to do um, each and every day and, and look at those things and talk to my sponsor about it, which I love to be able to do that. You know, I write my sponsor daily, tell him what's going on. Um, and, um, and then I, we talk once a week. So those check-ins are great for me, you know, and I do that with my sponsees as well. Uh, step 11 is all this, the spirit, the, the principle, spiritual principle is spiritual awareness, you know, so how aware am I of me? How aware am I of my higher power? How aware am I of that relationship between us? And am I, am I developing that, you know, am I, and I'm, am I really doing that daily surrender? Am, am, am I reaching out to my higher power in prayer? Uh, and I really do pray a lot during the day. Um, I learned very early on to, to remember names of other OA members and to start my day in prayer by saying a lot of those names in prayer. And I was like, hey, that's pretty cool that I can pray for other people. And it kind of takes me out of myself and immediately I'm, 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 I'm connecting with my OA fellows and, and my higher power at the same time. So, I mean, you know, I go through the alphabet and I say different names of different people and it's really cool. So, I mean, there's some of the things that I, that I do um, just to start my day and to, to say, Hey, you know, God, I need you in my life, you know, and, and what is it we're going to do today? And, and I kind of get excited about that, you know, um, are all days beautiful and wonderful and, you know, peachy keen? Absolutely not. Um, but, you know, I know that I'm, I'm, I'm really, you know, in, enjoying my life a lot more now um, than I did before. There's no doubt, no doubt about that. Um, so I know we're coming up uh, soon on the hour, but I do want to just talk about, I'll, I'll end with step 12 and, um, kind of where my life is is right now and then you know we'll take a break and then, then we'll go from there um so a lot of my life now is is really you know with with faith and trust in god and and to try to you know say hey what is my calling you know um i didn't have a sense of purpose when i came into into oa and boy i do now 
Isn't that awesome to say, I have self-worth. I love myself. I love who I am. Um, I love my life, even though it's not exactly how I thought it was going to be. Uh, but I love who I am and I can accept who I am today. I mean, I want to make changes. You know, there are things that I have, go you know, goals that I would want to do. But I always check in with God and say, hey, you know, if that's not to be, you know, I, I am. Um, let me start with service. And, I'll, you know, service has been an amazing part of my recovery. Um, I told you I had low self-esteem. So when I went to that first intergroup meeting and I went back and I said, hey, we need we need somebody to do the website. I was like, does uh, anybody know anything about websites? And I'm like, uh, I took a one day class and I'm trying to get my work website up. They were like, sold, we need you. And I'm like, no, really? I didn't really mean that. Uh, so yeah, I took that on and I was a website. And I, man, I did a good job. And I was like, I, I did a, such a good job. I didn't want to give it up. When a rotation of service was time, I was like, no, 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 I don't want to give it up. It was so funny. It's like, gosh, you remember who you were a couple of years ago? You didn't want to give, you didn't want to even do this. And now you don't want to give it up. It was so funny. But yeah, and I and I, I was like, yeah, my self-esteem was building it. And then I was willing to take on another role and I took another committee chair and man, I didn't do a good job at that one. But I was, you know, I learned, I learned, it was okay. You know, it was okay, it was okay. You know, so I learned from each and every opportunity. And the biggest thing was me trying to do those things because that fear before of like not doing it perfectly or not doing it, measuring up to other people, all of those fears, they just came. And I was just like, you know what? I'm okay. I'm going to try this. I have people who are going to help me. They love me. They're going to, they're going to help me through this. And we're going to do this together. I was like all these things. So I, you know, my higher power says, go for it. My sponsor says, go for it. I went for it. And these are, that's how my service happened. And, and, and then I became a treasurer and then I became an intergroup chair and then I went to region and I became a region rep and then I became the region treasurer and vice chair. And currently I'm the, uh, a trustee at World Service, uh, which I never, ever thought was was possible. So um, and you know what? we're all just people it was just like it was the coolest thing it was like hey you're just a person oh my gosh so we're all just people you know we're all imperfect and we're doing the best that we can and that we have a willingness to serve and that's it and and we're all kind of learning on the job and using our experiences and, and sharing our experience strength and hope with each other and, and i was like wow this is pretty cool this is awesome you know, and I just, that's the trust that I now have in my higher power that I'm willing to try new things and new opportunities and service, you know, especially being a sponsor. And I just, you know, created a meeting, a face-to-face -face meeting in, in, in local and, and people were coming and it's just so cool. Newcomers come and it's like, it's just, how wonderful is that? Service is just truly amazing. And it just keeps giving me so much more than I give it. Do I have to set boundaries around my service? Yes. I talk to my wife. I talk to my sponsor. And, and, and what's great is that I kind of look at it and say, okay, what can I give? Am I, can I move something else out of my life to, because I believe this is more important? Am I willing to do that? And if I am, then I can at least, I'm not overwhelming myself with service, if that makes sense. So I'm actually setting some boundaries around my service commitments too. I need to. And, and, and that's great. I just, I just love that. Um, 
So anyway, um, I am now just a little bit about myself now as I, I um, and how I use spirituality. I, I pray um, I'm a runner. So I, I just started doing that 10 years ago when I was 300 pounds. I certainly wasn't running. So um, and even when I lost the weight, I didn't I didn't exercise because I was afraid to use that as an excuse to eat more, you know, and because that's what I used to do before I ran to, or I, I exercise today. I can eat more. And I did not want that. So uh, even my sponsor was getting on me when I was losing the weight. He's like, you need to exercise. It's like, I'm afraid to. And I was very honest about it. I was just afraid to. So it wasn't until like seven years after I'd been in, been in OA that, and I had lost the weight um, after the first year, but I still wasn't, you know, a runner. So I just decided I felt very light and I went and I ran and I kind of enjoyed it. And um, so what I started doing uh, was, was running different distances and, and, and I've run marathons and, and now I'm running ultra marathons, which are anything over a marathon distance. And um, just last week, a couple of weeks ago, I finished my 17th um, race of a hundred miles or more. Um, so, and I love this ultra, ultra running. Um, and I, I love it because you get to a point and you're running through the night, you'll run 24 hours or more. And you get to a point where I have to rely on God. <laughs> and I'm like, which I do anyway. But I get to the point where it's like, ah, I can't feel, I feel like I can't take another step. Or I'm at a real, real low point. And I'm like, God, help me. And, and I get through these races with God and it's just, it's just wonderful. So the spirituality is just really huge with me with running. And I love that. And I'm able to give back and I, and I dedicate my miles to a disabled child and I pushed disabled children and adults in races. And um, I've done all kinds of things, which are wonderful. I'm, I'm able to have a sense of purpose rather than just go out and exercise. I have a sense of purpose in all that I do and including the running that I'm doing, which is pretty cool. So, um, so I'll end with this part of it by, you know, um, I recently heard a song and it just reminds me, you know, of, of God. And it just says on my best days, I'm a child of God on my worst days. I'm a child of God. So every day is a good day when I'm with God. So I'm going to have good days. I'm going to have bad days. I'm a child of God. Other people are the same as me. And that's what I love about humility. It's like, we're all the same, you know, and even the person who I don't like very much right now, I can pray for them and let go of that resentment because to me, they are a child of God. And, and that is a beautiful way to look at it because I always, now a friend of mine said, hey, why don't you carry around on your desk a picture of you when you were young? So I have a picture of me when I'm one year old and how beautiful, what a beautiful child of God that I, I was and still am. And that they're like, that person is inside of you. And what that helped me as well is that, especially when I'm angry with another person, is like that per there's that person that I'm angry with right now. They are a, a one-year-old child, just like I am. You know, we were all born that way, and you know, circumstances made them what they are. But they can change, just like I have changed. They can change, just like I have changed. So I I'm just so grateful for that. And to say, hey, I don't need to hold on to resentment because you know what? That person can change. It may not be today, may not be tomorrow, but you know what? 
someone planted the seed and to me to come to OA. It took me three years, three years to walk into the door after they just planted a seed. Anything can happen. Anything, it takes patience. It takes time sometimes, but it can happen and it will happen as long as we you know, keep persevering through. So, so thanks for letting me share. Um, I really appreciate that and your attention. And um, so I guess, uh, Jan, I'll turn it back over to you. We'll have a we'll have a, a break. Thanks, Bob. That's been great. I can't wait to what for what you have for us after the break. So we're just going to take five minutes. Um, stretch your legs. Please come back because I'm sure Bob has more great stuff for us. And uh, no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> um, so if you can all come back in, it's 22 minutes after the hour where I am. If we can come back at um, half past the hour in eight minutes and we'll finish up with uh, more from Bob. Thanks. So we're just gonna take a moment to pass the virtual basket again for the seventh tradition um, according to our seventh tradition we are self-supporting through our own contributions should you should we happen to receive contributions in excess of our expenses they will be sent directly to the world service office contributions can be made by paypal to our email address info at oarise.org or you can visit our website at oarise.org <laughs> lost my speech oarise.org and click on the contribute now button on the home screen. Uh, suggested donation of $3 allows us to cover the cost of the Zoom subscription and it also helps us to maintain the OA Rise website where we upload and store the recordings for you and all OA members. Your seventh tradition contributions are needed to keep the OA Rise speaker meetings going. Um, and yeah, I said this at the beginning of the meeting, but we've had close to 8,000 listens of our uh, various recordings that are on the website. So we do know that it is a service that is helping, hopefully helping others, but at least being um, listened to. Thank you everyone for your contributions so we can keep our rise going. Um, okay, let's cover it elsewhere. So, Bob, I send it back to you. Yeah, thanks, Jan. So well, I before I get into a Q&A and then we're going to do some writing prompts, um, what um, I first wanted to do, one of my writing prompts is um, switch back to gallery, um, is about uh, if you have a God story. So uh, I didn't tell any God stories necessarily. And uh, I can tell you a quick God story that I that I had and um, God being in my life. And, you know, one was, which I won't tell the story of right now is, is how I met my wife and how that all transpired. I know that God was involved with that, which is pretty cool. Um, but the one that I will tell is, um, it, it's actually running related. I was, um, I was running um, for my little girl um, I was mentioning that I dedicate my miles to. I was running for uh, doing a charity and I was doing, which I thought was huge at the time before I started ultra marathons. I was running 12 marathons in 12 months. And um, so I was actually running the, the, the last, the very last one, the 12th one. And I was nearing um, the finish 
line and um my dad had passed um back in 2011 so and i started running in 2012 so he never knew me as a runner um and uh and i had been having a lot of th thoughts about my dad in fact now even when i'm running and i and I, you know you're running in the woods and you're running at night in the dark and you hear a noise and you're like oh hoo, hoo. <laughs> and, uh, and now i started where you see a shadow and you think i now think when i see those things i say hi to my dad hi dad you know, so that's really cool. I actually now I incorporated that into spirituality and like, okay, there's that's my dad. Hey, you know, but that this at this 12th marathon that I was doing, um, my dad and I had a thing when we were growing when I was growing up where um we would whenever the William you know, the Lone Ranger show and the William Tell Overture would come on, he would always grill me and say, who sings there? What, who's, you know, who's that? Who, who is that from? And I was, oh, William Tell Overture, William Tell Overture, you know, and, and I'm sure, I'm sure you know the, the song, the high old silver and, you know, all that. So anyway, so I'm running this marathon, I'm nearing the end, you know, and I'm running through this tunnel and there never, ever heard anything like this before, but there was a person playing the William Tell Overture as I'm running through this tunnel, as I'm getting ready to go and finish on the boardwalk. And I was like instantaneously, in fact, right now I'm getting chills and get tears in my eyes because it made me thought of my dad. I was like, oh my gosh, dad, you're here. And it, it just, it was, and my dad, again, didn't know me as a runner. Here I am finishing my 12th marathon. He was just saying, you know, son, I'm proud of you. So it was definitely a God moment that I had. I was like, wow, thank you, God, for bringing that. So immediately I knew that that, that was that what was, that was all about. So very grateful for those little moments in my life and that I can, I really look for those God moments. I really look for where God is in my life today and those little things and like, thank you, God. You know, that's all that I need to be. And that can be a prayer today. You know, thank you, God. I, I, I recognize you in this moment today and what just occurred. So it wasn't just, you know, chance for me. I know that you were involved. So anyway, so again, thanks for letting me share that. Um, I am going to now post um, some prompts, some writing. Oh, well, actually, no, let's do Q&A first. Let's, let's do that. Is there any questions that you might have for me? um and you know please don't feel pressured that you need to but if, if there is something that you want you know had a question about i certainly am willing to to answer them at this time okay so just before we start that um if you'd like to ask a question or have a share um please raise your hand if you um look down i don't know on my screen it's at the bottom it says reactions and you just click on the raise hand at like marcia has done and then when you're finished with your question, you click and it lowers the hand again. Um, again, if you don't want your voice heard on the recording, you can ask one of the uh, co-hosts, myself, Sherry or Cassie, we can ask your question for you. And um, by sharing or asking a question, you can send to be re being recorded and having the recording published on the OA web, OA Rise website. Thank you. So Marsha, who's who's doing the unmuting? Sherry Berry is, I think. Oh, nope. I can do it, but Cassie, can you do it if you're spotlighting? There's oh. a lot easier if the person spotlighting does it. Perfect. Cassie's muted. 
need to unmute, unmute Marsha. Oh, unmute Marsha. Um, hang on. There we go. I did it. Ask to unmute. There we go. Okay. Hey, everybody. Hi, I'm Marsha H. I'm a compulsive eater and a food addict. Um, gosh, I'm really glad I had put this meeting on my calendar so I could be here today. So I'm really grateful that um, I got to hear what I heard tonight, today. Um, thank you so much, Bob. Um, just wonderful to hear this topic and your experience um, filtering into what, what it looks like for you. I've gotten so much inspiration. Um, and my question to you is um, that I wonder if you could share how is it, and I get, I get that you, what you're saying is, you know, you've turned your will and your life over. You, you've admitted your, your life is unmanageable by you. But so I look, I look at what you are able, how you're able to show up in your life, what I imagine, you know, on a daily basis. And like, how do you have time for this? And that, and I ask because I just feel, you know, some of my like, well, some, some of my stories that I tell myself are, well, you know, if you had more time, you could do those things. If you, if you, if you, um, you know, when you retire, you're going to, you're going to be able to do it all perfectly, but you know, you're, you're doing the best you can, which is true. But, um, you know, there's, there's, I don't have willingness to do a lot of things that I know my higher power wants me to do. And I just wonder how you, what, what's, what sorts of balances you could offer. Thank you. Yeah. Marcia, great question. Thank you for that. Um, yeah, I, um, I struggled with time and always felt when I was trying to do service, you know, people were asking me to do things. It was like, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. And, you know, when it, when it came to be was, I really wasn't willing to make time to, to do it. And I wasn't really willing to find time. First of all, I spent when I was in the food, I spent a lot of time in the food. I spent a lot of time obsessing with food. And when I let go of all those things and I worked the steps, I had such freedom. I was like, why do I have much so much more time now? And I did. Um, but I also talked to you about how how I cluttered my calendar. I put things that were unnecessary in my calendars. I really have to 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 stop doing that. And and I had to give my permit myself permission to say no. And what I mean by that is I, I, I started saying, okay, I really looked and said, what was what's important in your life, Bob? What do you really, you know, when you die, what do you want on your epitaph? What do you seriously, you know, is it going to be work? Heck no, it's not going to be. So what are you willing to change about that? What are you willing to say? You know, so is it so if it's not OA related? or if it's not family related, or if it's not church related, which I am involved in my church. So if it's not those things, give yourself permission to say no, start there. So what were the things that I was, so I was actually backing out of, of other commitments that I had made and saying, listen, I, I, I'm sorry, I need to step down from this position. I, I don't wanna be appointed you know, on this committee or a board or whatever, I need to step down you know, I, to, to, in order to take. So I had to do that. 
And was it hard? Yeah, it was hard because I like some of those other things too. But I really benefited from that in the long run with that extra time and to be able to set boundaries around myself as far as really what's your what's your sense of purpose? What do you really want to spend your time on? And when I did that, I was, you know, and I really got the support of my wife too. She was like, you know, that OA World Service stuff where you're going out to Albuquerque? I really want you to keep doing that. I think you are good at doing that. And I think you're 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 uh the work that you're doing is very important there. I was like, well, thank you, honey. I really appreciate that because I think it is too. But that just gave me some affirmation that that I need to to keep doing certain things that I really feel are valuable and that God wants me to do. And when I'm able to do that, yeah, I'm able to find time if I really want to do those things. And um, yeah, Marcia, I'm I'm really surprised. I I do I'm able to accomplish so many things. But I also have the support of my wife, you know, I, I generally, seriously, she does a lot of the cooking. So she does a lot of the things that takes, that's the teamwork that we have. She's also the crew person when I go do my running. She likes to be the crew person and help me with my running. And so we make a fabulous team. And 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 she's, I say, honey, you you do these things. Why do you do them? She feels like I'm doing we're doing this together, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, so, and I do the same with her, with some of her things. And I feel like I'm supporting her and what she, what her sense of purpose is too. So if we can do that, it, it really is, it really is a good feeling to do that. So anyway, I hope I answered that question, Marsha. Thank you again. So Emily, Emily is next. Emily. Hi, Bob. Um, I wanted just to say thank you so much for your amazing enthusiasm and your gratitude um, and your ability to show up for your program every day. Um, my question is, can you maybe speak to how to get past resistance or maybe, you know, sometimes I'm resistant to doing one thing or sometimes I'm just like forget forget work in my program today altogether you know I just can't seem to push past that um at least in the beginning sure thanks Emily thank you for the question um you know I talked about self-sabotage and not feeling worthy. Um, there's been a lot of times in my life where uh, things have started going well in my life. And I was just like, I'm, I'm not worthy of that. Why is this? Uh, it shouldn't be happening. Good things shouldn't be happening to a person like me. And um, a lot of that shame and, and, and was, was, was hidden deep inside. It really took that thorough fourth step Um and that's what I would say uh, is is connecting with that with your higher power um, has been such an amazing thing for me. But if I didn't do a solid four step and really get out the reasons why, um, then I, you know, it, it's something when I when I was growing up, I always felt like um, I, I was tainted. I had something inside of me that was wrong, that I had a black mark, you know, in my soul. 
Um, and it was that unworthiness um, that I had. So it really was something that I he had to keep working uh, through. Um, recently, I've I've been in 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 therapy, which you know is is a good help. You know to to help uh, people. You know, in, in addition to what what program is able to offer, um, and talking through the negativity that I used to once have um, about myself and. Um, that really helps to let go of that. I become a much more positive person and a much more genuine person. Um, and that has mean, meant a lot to me um, that I can really be true to myself, self-honesty, um, being being willing to go to any lengths. Um, uh, and, and that's not always easy. Uh, but certainly I had to take what was what was I able to do and 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 what am I willing to do and what are the steps that I can do? What can I well, what can I do to change my current circumstances? And that's what I start looking at now. Um, there's a lot of outside influences that try to block me um, in things that I'm trying to do. And 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 sometimes I just have to say, you know what, it might not be that way. This person is not necessarily going to be in my life forever. Poss you know, it could be in six months that this block is removed. It's nothing that I can do about that except but accept that. But what I can do is to to change myself and and how I um how I approach that person and I can approach that person with love and I can approach that person, you know, even though if they're not showing me the same love and respect, I can show them that. Um, and, 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 and I, it's, it's funny cause I, not funny, but when I, when I drive, sometimes I can be aggressive or I can get angry at how people, other people drive, drive. And I'm like, Oh, but then sometimes I'm like, you know what, let me just shoot some love out to this person and love out to this person and love. And all of a sudden I start smiling. I was like, wow, that's all it took. So it really was about my approach and how if I bring love and I bring God into it, things will change. Um, and um, yeah, it's when it came down to the food, I had to really, you know, there's that that turning point that you know you're facing the two arrows you know i've seen many pictures like that i was like you know left i'm turning back to the food and right i'm turning to god you know and it's that choice it's just that simple to me that um i i uh, both can't be my god so which am i going to choose so i i i need to make that choice and i need to make it clear how bad do i want it um and it's easier said than done, but it's only through working the steps and to continually working through the steps and to keep to keep really digging, doing the dig, uh, the, the, the dig, digging deep in uh, uh, that that but what's what helped me. So I hope that helps. All right. Um, if there are no more questions and thank you for both of those, uh, they were great. Um, and I'm not even afraid to answer questions anymore. Isn't that cool? Uh, so, uh, all right. So I'm going to share my screen and I I think it's four or five questions that I have there. I don't expect you to answer them all, please. Um, but if you take maybe 10 minutes, um, 
and pick one of them or two of them if you're a fast writer and, and then spend a little time with it. And then we'll come back at the top of the hour maybe, and then we'll, uh, we'll do some sharing. So uh, let me share my screen. All right, so uh, hopefully you can all see that. Um, so who is your higher power? Um, is it the same higher power as when you came into OA? Um, what do you want from your higher power? What kind of relationship? Maybe write that one ad I was talking about. Um, how are you developing your relationship with your higher power? You know, um, what are you doing or what are you willing to do differently maybe? Um, how has the, the tool of service helped you grow spiritually? I kind of shared a little bit about that with my service and the self-esteem and, and growing. Um, and then any God stories you might have, how has your higher power been present in your life? So let's take until uh, six o'clock and we'll come back and do some sharing. We're until three o'clock if you're on the West Coast. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> Eastern time. I apologize. That's why I no said worries. I did it right the first time. You did. Top of the hour. Yes. You did. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to remove the spotlight. And there we go. Okay. All right. Well, um, some of you are still writing and that's, that's great. Um, I don't want to stop you doing that. I'll still leave them on the, uh, up on the screen. Um, questions if someone wants to raise their virtual hand and uh, and share um if someone is done um if not keep writing when you're ready we'll 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 share Reba, go ahead, please unmute and share. Thank you. Thank you. Um, am I unmuted now? You are, yes. Okay, thank you. Hi, I'm Reba. I'm a compulsive overeater. Um, I have a few God, I have, I've had a number of God moments since I came into program. And I've had, I, I realize that I had a lot of God moments before I came into program, but I didn't know at the time. I didn't recognize them at the time, but a few that occurred to me, I just jotted down a few because I had been writing on another question. Um, I remember one time <clears throat> after I'd been in program nine years and I had recently celebrated, I don't know if it was that day or anyhow, I had recently celebrated, thank God, nine years of abstinence. For some reason, um, I was, I was driving home from the meeting and I was feeling very down. I don't know why I was bummed about something and I was just feeling very, very low at that time. And the life, the car in front of me, I had just recently, as I said, celebrated my ninth year anniversary of being abstinent. And the car in front of me had a license plate that said OA-9. And that just struck me as like, of all the cars, of all the thousands and thousands of cars that could have been in front of me at that moment. <laughs> and that really gave me a boost. It really gave me a shot in the arm. I never forgot that. It was a long time ago now. And um, <clears throat> excuse me, another one, I recently had to have some surgery. Um, how much time do I have? I, I don't want to talk the whole time. 
I have another couple of minutes maybe, or is there a time limit? I think we're, I think we're good, well, Raymond, go ahead. Go I'll just go on, try to be quick. Um, I started my abstinence on a certain date. And then, I don't know, about a week and a half later, I'm not even sure exactly when it was, I was, I had a dentist appointment, which was an hour away and I was driving back and I was just getting used to having three meals with nothing in between. And I became very, very hungry on my way back. It was a long drive. And I got nervous that I wasn't gonna like make it home to have my lunch or whatever it was. And so I, I did have a little, a small, low fat, couple of little things that I had in the car with me that were allowed on my food plan, but I didn't have them at a meal. I had them in between. So I told my sponsor about that and she said I had to restart my abstinence date. So I did. And when this happened, I couldn't remember exactly which day it was that I had this little snack thing in between. So I just picked my sponsor and I or something, whatever. I just picked a date arbitrarily that I thought was close to it. So I have my real in my heart and in my gut abstinence day that I know I started to abstain. And then about a week and a half later, I have this other date that I count as my official abstinence date um, because I'm not entitled to, to count the first date because I did have that snack. So anyway, um, skip ahead quite a few years. And this just in recent times, I had to have surgery and my surgery was scheduled for the exact date of my um, gut level real abstinence date before God when I started to abstain. And then come to find out I have a, a sponsee that I've had for a few months and her, abs her abstinence date um, is the exact same date as my second abstinence date. That was like a week and a half later. I don't know if that's, if I'm not being clear at all, but it was like those two dates just, I couldn't have arranged that if I had been a, a wizard with 25 calendars in front of me, I couldn't have arranged any of that. So I have other stuff too, but I'd better stop and let other people speak. Thank you very much. Thanks, Neva. Thanks for sharing. And Jan, thank you for putting the questions in. Uh, we certainly want to see uh, everyone's faces. So the questions are in the chat if you need to look at those. So great. Lori, please share. Thank you. Hi, everyone. Lori, Compulsive Overeater. So happy to be here. I, I just first want to say to the OA Rise people that I listen to your podcast, so I'm one of your 8,000 listeners. Um, I do a lot of driving, and I find having a two and a half hour meeting to listen to is amazing. Um, and yesterday I was driving to a hike, and um, I'm, I've am i been a solo hiker. I, I came into program three years ago and have released over 100 pounds, and I've become this hiker loving it. I'm up here in the White Mountains in New Hampshire. And um, so I'm used to hiking alone, but I've been told not to hike alone here because it's dangerous. So I've been joining these meetup groups, but I have so much anxiety like the night before, like, am I going to be able to keep up? Am I going to, you know, I have all these fears of hiking with other people. And so I was listening to one of your OA Rise podcasts and the topic was um, forgiveness. And they had us walk through things. And anyway, I realized as I was driving that I was still holding resentment against my sister. And I've worked through this already through the steps, but it keeps coming up um, that she always told me I was going to fail, that I wasn't going, you know, that I wasn't, things weren't going to go my way. And um, and so anyway, I just want to tell you how your 
the OA rises. I really love it. And I signed up, I came to this, not thinking I'd ever last two and a half hours because I'm not good at sitting still. But Bob, you really kept me engaged. And um, I'm really, really glad I'm here. And you started with something that just this morning I journaled about. And this is a God moment, I believe, where, you know, he brings me to a meeting where I hear exactly what I need to hear. Um, I was listening to a, a radio show. I was really struggling with a sense of purpose. You know, I raised my kids. I'm now divorced. What am I doing with my life? And yes, I'm hiking. I'm doing this. But what is my sense of purpose? So I love, love that you talked about that. And that was really, really helpful to me. So thank you. And I, I just related to so much of what you shared about. Um, but with higher power, I just want to say that I, I feel lucky. I came into the program at 56, three years at age 56, and I was raised in the Lutheran church with a very positive experience. It was like a second family potlucks, you know, uh, camp and things like that. So I came in with a higher power, but I was also raised to... Um, you know, be grateful for what I had and be glad I had, if I complained about anything, be glad you have two legs to walk on. If I complained about the food my mother served, be glad you're not a starving child in Africa. Um, so I never thought I could pray for myself, especially about food. How am I going to pray to God to help me with food when this kid's starving in this, you know, everybody, not just kids, people starving in this world. Um, and that's what this program gave me is that I can ask God and, and that he, um, he has enough time for all of us. Every, you know, if we each are praying to him every second of every day, he has the capacity to handle that, he or she, however you decide to define it. So that has been a gift to me and a huge gift to me to hand it over to God. Um, so um, I want to, one, one of the questions I answered all that, you know, I was answering the questions, but how has service helped me with my spirituality? Um, and I just think back to, when I found program, I was living in Washington state and I um, came in right before the pandemic. And then when the pandemic hit, um, I was in a group of people who weren't comfortable with technology at all. And I'm very comfortable with technology. So I ended up tech hosting, you know, three meetings a week for the first three months of the pandemic until other people were comfortable enough and I was able to train them. But the gift to me was that um, that kept me. I had only been abstinent for one month and it kept me coming. And that's exactly what I needed was a service to those first few months that I wanted to go back to the food that I was going to three meetings a week. And I just love one, just I'll finish with one story is one woman in our group. Um, she was just really having trouble with the technology. And so I put on my mask and I went over to her apartment and, um, and um, she just couldn't, her computer just wasn't working for her. And she was in her eighties and this was all new to her. And she was so uncomfortable at all. And it was just the funniest thing because somehow she had um, put her computer on uh, like 200, 200 uh, had zoomed in. So she couldn't see anything. She could only see a very small part of her screen. And it was a very simple fix. But, you know, when I think about spirituality, it's how it fills my soul. And her response and her still, I see her three years later now in the rooms coming back. And um, I'm just so grateful that my higher power brought me into the rooms at the time I came in. So I, and it's just showed up in so many, I could talk for like hours about this because it just, you know, how many times God has shown up. And for me, he shows up on the hiking trails. That's when I get so many of my questions answered is when I'm on the trails and I just say, God, what am I meant to do? And then I hear it. Um, and so I'm just grateful. I'm grateful for all of you. Thank you for being here. And thank you so much, Bob, for sharing your story. Thanks, Lori, for sharing. 
Sherry, please share. Hi, friends. I'm a compulsive overeater and blamic. My name is Sherry. Hi, it's so great to be here with you. And thank you so much, Bob. Um, <clears throat> great questions. Um, the ones I can focus on is what do you want from your higher power? Um, and not so much what kind of relationship, but what I, what I need from my higher power is to change my thoughts. Um, I, I need my thoughts redirected, you know, like that cornfield, my thoughts are always going in the same direction because that's the path of least resistance. And I need, I need a higher power to be like, <clears throat> excuse me, no, we're starting a new path over this way. Um, and, um, because I, I can't, like I, I found recently, um, <clears throat> I had some, um, I had some pizza last night and that's not a, a generally, that's not a problem for me, uh, gratefully. And, um, but I know that in the past there's a certain, like, uh, like two slices is enough. And last night I just didn't have that satisfaction. Like I've, I spent a lot of time in when I had been strong, like, clearly abstinent where I that satisfaction like where I'm satisfied I never thought that that was possible um before coming into OA which was 29 years ago I never thought that that idea would be there where it's not like I'm forcing myself it's like I gotta push it away no you can't have any more it's like where I just am satisfied and it's okay and I put the rest in the fridge like what's that about right and um I've had that, I've had a lot of that. And then uh, it's starting to creep back in where it's not as easy. It's not easy at all, actually. And so I need God to step in and change my thoughts. Um, and then lastly, um, the God stories. Oh, spirituality, how is God, our service, how is service keeps me here. You know, that's, that's, that's the bottom line. I've done lots of service, lots of positions and service keeps me here. And I'm so grateful for that. If I, didn't have service commitments at every meeting, I might not show up at every meeting, especially when I'm struggling. Um, doing this service here has been a godsend. Um, if anybody else wants to do service with us, would love to have you. Um, and then lastly, just about how is your higher power? Um, basically, the God, a God story is, based, is, is that I am here. That is my God story, that I am here and that I have, I have certain abstinence in certain areas I haven't purged since the year 2000. I haven't had chocolate, which I was my absolute main drug of choice since 1999. And there is absolutely no way I could do that. Absolutely no way I could do that. So there has to be a higher power in my life. Um, there has to be. So um, yeah, so I just need to keep working on what that is right now because it's changed dramatically because of situations in my life so um yeah so i keep working on it thanks for listening thanks for being here bob i really appreciate it thank you sherry thank you for your share jan please go ahead um also a reader my name is jan and um tried to lower my hands something else happened um my higher power is is I'm still working on that definition, but it's very different than when I first came in um, 20 ish years ago. I, you know, I still had that image in my head of the white beard and the flowing robes and all that kind of stuff. And that doesn't work for me. And um, in the not too distant past, someone shared that, that God was everything. And that works for me. God is everything. God is all the energy of the world, whatever you want to call it. 
Um, and um, now I just need to work on reaching out to my higher power. Um, but um, service, uh, you know, I was told with my very first sponsor that do service, that keeps your butt in the chairs, it keeps you in the rooms, keeps you coming to meetings. And, um, you know, even when I didn't think I was qualified, it was pointed out to me that certainly I can put chairs in a circle or put literature away or whatever. That, you know, I don't have to be doing service at the highest level uh, right off the bat. In fact, I wouldn't have been qualified. And I've done service from, you know, before I was abstinent to being, you know, up to intergroup and world service rep and learned so many amazing things from all of that. And, um, and then thought I thought I was um, done with this program and left. And that was, that was my big mistake. And I'm back and I was so glad to see so many familiar faces still here um, because they're giving service and showing up and doing what they need to do. Um, such a relief. Um, but for my first days of abstinence, I would do things like put money in a vending machine for a food that was clearly not abstinent for me. And the money would get spit back out at me many, many times. And I couldn't get that abstinent food. Or I would be um, thinking, oh, I'm just going to run out to the corner store and get to get that favorite food of mine. And the phone would ring and it would be an OA call um, in the days where you couldn't screen calls, couldn't see who was calling. And, uh, you know, just people showing up at meetings that I hadn't seen for a long time, um, having suffered uh, being out of the program and coming back and talking about how wonderful it was to be home. And uh, like I say, I, I experimented outside of these rooms as well after I'd been in for 10 years or so. And it's not any better out there, I tell you. This, this is where my recovery is. This is where my sanity is. And um, um, I'm just so grateful that you're all here. So grateful for you, Bob. I could listen to you talk for hours. So um, thank you all for being here. Thanks, Jan, for sharing. Janet, please share. Yeah, Janet, uh, recovering compulsive overeater, binge eater, sugar addict. Um, the I'm really new to OA. I've only been here since um, October. And one of my God stories was that I am here because I had, I had just been binging every day and I was just fed up with it. And I cried out to God, you know, back in September of 22. And I said, God, you got to help me with this. You just, you know, I can't handle this. And he just brought into my mind to look up on the internet books on binge eating. So I did. And all these books on OA started popping up. And I thought, what is Overeaters Anonymous? I'd never heard of it before. And so I did some research and ordered some books. And then the more I did research on it, I found the OA website and I went there and I found Zoom meetings. I found a face-to-face -face meeting that was an hour away from me, but that was the closest one because I'm in small town, Iowa. And so I did go to the face-to-face -face meeting um, five times, I think it was, but now I'm just on a Zoom meeting that I, I found one that I go to at um, 6.15 every morning. And then I just get on ones like these, but that was a totally a God thing because I had never heard of Overeaters Anonymous. And I was just shocked that, you know, I'd heard of AA. That's the only thing I'd ever heard of. And so that to me was a total God thing. 
And then like you, Jan, where, where you went to put the money in and your money, you know, came back out. Mine didn't do that. Mine was always, if I go to the grocery store and want to buy my binge food, which was usually these brownies that came, these little Debbie brownies that came in these packages and they wouldn't have any in the store. And I'm like, okay, God, I guess you don't want me eating those because they don't have any again today. Um, and one of the other questions, um, my higher power is God. And yes, it's the same as when I came into program. Um, God's always been my higher power, um, but it's changing. It's, it's getting deeper in that, um, you know, like when I, I mean, I always did my daily readings, devotionals or in the Bible, um, but I doing the step 10 of this convert this continual personal inventory, you know, I, I find myself praying during the day, talking to him, you know, if I, if I get anxious about something or upset, like driving in a car and getting behind some slow person, or they don't put their signal on and you know, I get frustrated and I love, I'm going to do what you did where you, you throw a love out to them. That that's an awesome idea. But, you know, I find myself, you know, going to God and saying, Oh God, forgive me, you know, help me to be more tolerant of these people. You know, they maybe have something going on in their mind and something bad happened to them. That's why they're driving slow. They're not really thinking about what's going on in their, you know, they're, they're thinking about what's going on in their life. And so I, I just, feel that my relationship is getting deeper by bringing in this program and I I really I, I'm looking forward to you know so much more learning so much since I'm so new at all this and thank you Bob for your your share today I just got so much out of it I've got several pages of notes so I appreciate everything you told us about today thank you Thank you, Janet, for sharing. Does anyone else uh, like to uh, like to share? We have a few more minutes, it looks like. Janet, I don't know, if do, is there any, do we need time for closing? Not too much, okay. Well, if no one wants to share on the questions, I'll also open it up for, for any other type of sharing, some, you know, that, that someone wants to share. Or if someone had a question, that would be fine too. I just want you to know that Sherry and I are going to start running a hundred miles uh, marathon starting tomorrow. So, yeah. All right. Hey, I'm here to help. It's one of the great things, you know, there's always somebody to help. I love that. No burning desires. Anybody want to share about anything that's going on? Alexander, yes, please share. Hi, my name is Alexander. I'm from New York City. I'm a compulsive overeater. I'm also relatively, I'm, I'm new to the program. And um, I'm, I joined in October 20th of last year. And I'm abstinent since then. And uh, I didn't answer the questions in particular because I'm driving now and I just pulled over because I, I greatly appreciate your share. 
and I, I gained much of it, of what I could hear. But for me, spirituality, um, how should I say this? Um, the, the God of my upbringing didn't work for me in terms of, 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 of helping me uh, in a structured way to deal with my emotions and to deal with my food. And I found that OA with the spiritual program um, is helping me. And I didn't go on the scale, but you know, I, I, I have released enough weight that I changed already four suit sizes. So it's working for me, but, but overall it's working for me in my emotional way. So for my emotions. So for example, um, I found out that uh, the funding for my division and where I work in my clinic is, 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 is going to stop and I may have to look for a new job. And other things that really would have shaken me up usually, but, but I'm, I'm still able to have a clarity of mind. And, and you said something about um, that you were always the happy one. And I was also, I, I used to, I could relate to that because I was the clown in the family and I would be the one who's happy-go-lucky. And, and I struggled with that. Like I met my brother recently and he told me, what's going on with you? You talk so softly and, and, and you, you, you're thinking too much. And, and I was thinking to myself, yeah, I got to do something to, 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 you know, to, to be more jolly or to be, to show as like I'm the clown that I always was. And I can, and now that you're talking about it, I came to realize that no, um, I am who I am. And if I feel these feelings and I don't numb it out, uh, you know, I don't uh, stuff it with food, that's okay. And, and I don't have, you know, basically I think that the reason I would stuff it with food because I was scared to feel these feelings. So I, I was scared to feel feelings of financial issues, scared to feel familiar issues. All these issues are, are things that I was scared to feel and not being, you know, fear and not, not being fearful and, 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 and reaching out to a higher power to deal with it and being able to face it. And I think the question that you, po that you, you posted of, of what would be the ad for the higher power, I think that was what the most beneficial for me because I grew up with a certain picture of a higher power, which wasn't too accepting, wasn't too loving and caring and accepting me for who I am. And just putting that out, add out there, like you, you tell me what you want and maybe it's out there. Maybe God is that, that what, what you envision him to be. And I, you know, I even, I even found a verse in the Bible, which says that you should not, I don't know exactly the words, but the point is there's no picture of God. God says there's no picture of me. So you have never seen a picture of me. So it's whatever you envision. And there's no picture for that reason. We can envision whatever, whatever we understand. So that's and as long as it works for me and it helps me in when, when, when I can deal with whatever I have to deal. So thank you. And thanks for this, for this uh, meeting. Thanks for sharing, Alexander. Wow, that was a great meeting. Oh my goodness. I feel uh, very fulfilled. It was wonderful sharing by all of you. Thank you for having me. Um, if there's no other sharing, I guess, Jan, do you want to take it back for any type of closing?
Sure, I will do that. Um, did you have a closing prayer that you wanted, Bob? Uh, does everyone know the third step prayer? No. Okay. All right. We can do that. If, uh... All right. We will do that. So. Oh, Kathy? Kathy says, yay. Oh, are you, are you able to post the third step for Kathy? She's posting it perfect, oh. Kathy. I was wondering that too. That's great. Thank okay. you so much. Awesome. So those who have the ability to hit chat, it's in the chat. Okay, perfect. Thank you. So thank you, Bob, for being our speaker today. It was so wonderful to have you with us. It says that on the screen, but I would have said it anyway. It's wonderful to have you with us, and we appreciate your sharing uh, your experience, strength, and hope while giving service to the OA program. Together, we get better. A reminder that the opinions expressed here today are those of the individual OA members who, who um, gave them and do not represent OA as a whole. Um, please remember to honor our commitment to commitment to each other's anonymity, take the stories, but leave the names behind. Always, OA Rise's goal is twofold, to provide speaker meetings twice a month, first and third Sunday of the month, and to maintain a website to store the recordings of our speakers for both you and for the OA Fellowship. Please give what you can to keep OA Rise going. We will post the seventh tradition contributions information one more time in the chat. Um, OA Rise also needs members to give service to this meeting. Um, there were three of us on today. There's really only five of us that that um, that give service to this meeting for the meetings as the yeah uh, to the online as we're sharing. Um, and we could certainly use more because right now we're pretty much having to uh, to give service every single meeting, and that's a big time commitment. Uh, for all of us, although we love doing it. Uh, no Zoom experience is necessary. We'll train you on anything you need to know. Um, and if you're interested, please send a message to one of the hosts today, myself, Sherry, or Cassie. Uh, we also have our email working again from the OA Rise website. Uh, I apologize, it wasn't working for quite a while. So there's a form there too, if you want to volunteer that you can complete. Um, and we're also looking, always looking for speakers and speaker suggestions. So if you have anybody you know that you think would make a great speaker, please let us know as well. Thank you to everyone for being with us today. After we close the meeting, we'll open up the chat for a short period if you wanna hang around for a little bit and share, uh, and you'll be able to unmute yourselves then. Please, oh, this is the part I always forget. Please join us for a another wonderful experience of uh, share of experience, strength and hope at our next speaker meeting on the 2nd of April? Uh, no, we're March, it's the oh. 5th of March. 5th of March, I'd like it to be spring sooner than it will be. Um, where our topic will be. That I, didn't that I, that I can't remember, I'm anyway. sorry. It'll be a doozy, it'll come be, and join us. <laughs> it'll almost be as good as Bob's. Um, so we hope to see you all there. Um, after a moment of silence, we will close with the third step prayer, which is posted in the chat. Uh, I will speak it aloud and invite those of you who wish to join me silently. Thank you, everyone, and keep coming back. I better open the chat.
Good golly. God, I offer to myself to thee to build with me and to do with me as thou wilt. Relieve me of the bondage of self that I may better do thy will. Take away my difficulties that victory over them may bear witness to those I would help. Of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life, may I do thy will always. Keep coming back. It works. We can unmute everybody now. Let's do that. Yeah, Hi, you all be thank you. Thank you all for your service. Thank you. Thank you for I'm your service, you. Jan, Sharon, Tassie. Thank you. Thank you, Bob. Thank you, Jan. Thank